Leslie, don't go with him. An important Mr. Belvedere. He might try to put his hands on him or something. What do you mean, Les? That's what he did to me. <laughs> We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode. The podcast that can keep a secret. This week we'll be discussing Mr. Belvedere, season four, episode 20, 420. The Counselor, in which Wesley gets molested by a camp counselor. Continuing our grand tradition of talking about very special episodes in which boys are molested. I am your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner. With me in Minnesota is... Wait, you're not in Minnesota. Oh yeah, with me <laughs> live from Minnesota. <laughs> this is Austin Gordon. All right. And uh, Austin, if I take you out for ice cream later... Hey, whatever I... happens, Ryan, will be our little secret. That's awesome. <laughs> That's why we work so well together. <laughs> This week, we have a very special guest. <laughs> Would you care to introduce yourself? Oh, Caroline Smith. Tell us all about yourself. Well, I am a stand-up comedian and a photographer living here in beautiful Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And a child molester, which is why we asked you <laughs> oh, to be on this episode. <laughs> uh, that was our little secret, Ryan. <laughs> well, not, I guess they're legal, but you have And been... you're all grown up now, so I don't know why we're still talking about this. <laughs> Caroline, I would call her a cradle robber. <laughs> hey. Definitely legal. Uh, I'd say no comment, but you know, I'm just living that Madonna life. I know. This is a material world. It's true. All right. Since so green and young boys, that's how I stay so ageless. They're all over 21, though. Yeah, they are. You got to be able to take them to the bar. Exactly. I like to expose our guests private lives <laughs> you like to expose something yeah it's true it's all about exposing so um we'll be talking about this episode of mr belvedere at great depth um what is this the third boy molesting episode we've done austin uh well it's at least the second i feel like it's the third we started with boy molesting right with a different yeah. strokes Were there, was there any girl molesting we have, no, we I, haven't really done any girl molesting. Oh, I'm fucking sexist. <laughs> right? We are. I'm definitely curious why boy molesting seems so prevalent in special episodes, especially of this era, like the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good mm. point. Like, it's rarely ever a girl that's getting molested. Well, I know that there's an episode of Good Times where Penny, who's played by Janet Jackson, is molested. And yeah. we haven't gotten to that yet. But... We've sort of reviewed a lot of lists of special episodes, and for whatever, re- for, ever, for whatever reason, it seems like boy molesting is like the most common. That was the hot episode. trend in the eighties. <laughs> At least fanny packs and boy molestation. Who knew? And the, and the mom's haircut, which we'll talk about. Oh for about god, an hour. I thought about that so much. <laughs> well, it was. I had many thoughts. We'll cross that bridge when we get All to right. it. So pretty much the premise of this episode is Wesley goes to summer camp 
and gets, I guess that qualifies as molesting what happens to him. We'll talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. there's also Some a thoughts. hilarious subplot about golf. <laughs> so before we get into the episode, uh, let's get a little context going. So Austin, what is your relationship with the show Mr. Belvedere? Um, I vaguely recall watching Mr. Belvedere, <laughs> but I feel like it's one of those shows that kind of disappeared from the syndication radar. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot of real clear memories of it. I think I watched it when it was first run, and it was I would have been fairly young at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't remember a whole lot of sp- sp- specifics. Like I don't even remember why this family from Pittsburgh has a Mr. Belvedere, right. which I Same, assume yeah. was set up in the pilot episode. But uh, I feel like my main draw in watching it was probably Bob Euchre. And that's the dad? That's the dad, because he... Who is he? He's the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team. Oh, what... Is that his claim to fame? Pretty much, yeah. He was a baseball player in the 60s and then became, like, their color commentary guy. um, And still is to this day. Really? He's he's, not dead? No, he still calls a few games. He's he's getting up there, but... Because one of my notes when I was watching this is, like, that is an old dad. (laughs) Yeah, and he was, um, during the run of Mr. Belvedere, he was in the first Major League movie. Oh, I remember that movie. Where he played a, a color commentator. Why does that land you a sitcom being a commentator? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Well, oh, the other thing he did, um, he was in a series of really popular beer commercials. Okay. Uh, Which brand? I want to say it was Miller Lite. <laughs> And that may just be because Miller is is uh, uh, tied in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, light Miller light beer commercials. Okay. So the whole like it's Miller time that was kind of Bob Euchre's thing. Oh, okay, that'll get you a TV series. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I so when this was on, I would have been a kid living mm-hmm. in suburban Milwaukee. And as a baseball fan, I was a fan of the Brewers, and so I know I knew Bob Euchre from that, and that may be what led me to the show to begin with, but that's okay. about all I remember. What year were you born? Uh, 81. Okay, I was born in 80. Don't worry, Caroline, he's too old for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Caroline, what is your relationship with Mr. Belvedere? Uh, I think it was one of those shows I only watched, it was before or after... Other uh, yep. primary show where <laughs> yeah. it was a sandwich show. Yep. Uh, so show sandwich between a show I actually wanted to watch or a show that I ate uh, or watched while I was eating a sandwich. It's okay. really uh, it's like a background <laughs> show, you know. Yeah. So when's the last time you think you saw it? Oh, gosh. Um, I had it in like the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. yeah. How, is that about the same for you, Austin? Yeah. I mean. It would have been whenever this was probably on first run. Like, I don't think I ever saw this in syndication. Or maybe I was only watching it in syndication in, like, the early mm-hmm. 90s. That's what I was trying to remember. It's been, I mean, 20 or 25 years probably since I last saw an episode. Yeah, that's uh, same for me. So my really, uh, we're not going to get a lot of Mr. Belvedere fun facts out of this. <laughs> none of us seem to really give a shit about this show. Oh. If it wasn't for the boy molesting on it, yeah. we probably wouldn't think about it at all. Was it on the uh, same network as Full House? I don't know. I do know that there seemed to be a trend of this era of nanny 
chose. Yeah. And different kinds of nannies. Like, Charles in charge, he's a nanny, right? Yeah. And then Mr. Belvedere, and then the nanny. Well, uh, women were going back to, to or not going back to work, were going to work. Yeah. Uh, and being the breadwinners for the first time. Right. Yeah, this is, you're right, there was kind of a, an 80s trope. If, if you only knew of human society from 80s sitcoms, you'd think <laughs> that, like, every third person had some sort of live-in nanny. Yeah, I don't know why that was popular. Maybe there was a movie or something that I'm not remembering. I mean, that was a common trend for movies, too. Like, we should do Mr. Nanny with Hulk Hogan at some point. Yeah, yeah. But, um, um, yeah. To answer your question, uh, this was on the same network as Full House. Okay, because okay. I have vague, I just have this, like, really vague memory of maybe watching it, like, waiting for Full House yep. to come on or something, and it was on before that. Yeah. Mr. Belvedere was actually uh, part of TGIF before oh. it had been, like, officially branded. I was about to say before it was branded. Oh, that okay. makes so much sense. Okay. Right. Yeah, wow. so from, like, its first... Foggy its memories. First, it ran six seasons. Its first five seasons, it was on either Friday at 8.30 or Friday at 9. And then it moved okay. to Saturdays in its last season. Yeah. Wait, is that in Central Time? Because that's I was watching it in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that would be Eastern Time, eight thirty and nine Eastern Time. Okay. okay, that's important. It's important for our listeners to know. It is yes. because I had to go to bed at nine. So oh, you I'm... did on Friday? That's fucked Maybe up. Maybe ten. I'm, I'm trying to remember, but see if you guys had a living nanny, I bet you wouldn't have had to deal with that. <laughs> well, you could have stayed up later. A, we had a housekeeper. Did you? We did. <laughs> I don't talk about that. Because my mom was a working lady in the eighties, she had those little. Did she have that laughing. hairstyle? No, she had some unfortunate hairstyles. But didn't we all in the eighties? We'll, we'll post the. I know I had a mullet in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I remember Mr. Belvedere. Basically, I remember it coming on like after cartoons after school. I feel like oh, it would really? be like cartoons oh. and then like Small Wonder and then Mr. Belvedere and like Who's the Boss? Who's the Boss is another oh, one. Oh, Carrie, that kind of sounds familiar and too. And so I don't remember ever liking the show and I remember it being on. And the only one I really remember is the two-parter where this kid gets Mr. Belvedere deported. <laughs> That's like the main thing. <laughs> hey, I that could be another topical, very special episode for us. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound like Mr. Belvedere is going to be making a very strong comeback on our show. <laughs> but uh, And then the theme song, of course, which I wish Carol was here this week because she's I've heard her sing that theme song more than once. Oh, yeah. So so this is going to be hard because I have certain questions about the context of the show, and it doesn't seem like any of us are going to know. Well, we'll like, see what so, the gruel orphans can come up with for us. Okay, our uh, our crack research team. Yeah, yeah they, uh, <laughs> the crack research team has told me that uh, the same guy who wrote this theme song, sorry, the same duo, Judy Hart Angelo and Gary Portnoy, also co-wrote the theme songs to Punky Brewster and oh. Cheers. Oh, oh shit! Okay, I'm seeing I mean, that. It was performed park. by ragtime singer Leon Redbone. Rich on the China, never met a people. Who cares? When you drop kick your jacket, as you came through the door, no one blares. That's really what sells it. Yeah, it's a catchy little tune. And I That's like the like s- sort of like quasi stop motion animation they do in the opening. Yeah, so I get the impression that the idea is that Mr. Belvedere had like a really interesting life before he became the nanny for this family. Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a trope of all 
British manservants who say, end up working I was like, are, for, are you assuming he's cultured just because he's from England? <laughs> no, because of the montage in the opening yeah, is what yeah, made yeah. me think about yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, he's like Alfred. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's the same thing with Alfred. Like, he lived this wild and varied life before he became a manservant to the Waynes. To Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Which also is pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. It's a lot more interesting than being this family's manservant. Um, I always wondered how much they paid Alfred because obviously, like, he... It's pretty educated and uh, sophisticated. Yeah. I don't know. Can we look that up? How much does Alfred get paid? What's his yearly stipend? <laughs> <laughs> the gruel orphans are sensitive about questions of payment. That's true. They, they're like, who's getting paid? What? Uh, how much gruel did he get paid? So we open with... Um, all. So all the kids are going to summer school, basically. So are those two older kids... Those are their kids. Yeah, they have three kids. So that I mean, it's the standard sitcom, like oldest middle daughter young troublemaker kind of a thing so like a really old dad and then a mom with really bad 80s hair who can't cook and a blouse and she can't cook there's a joke about that at some point yeah and um and then three kids and one of them is working at like a chicken shack or something yeah Yeah. i guess they have have breakfast now yeah yeah and then the daughter is in summer school. And then Wesley, and that's who I remember on the show, basically, is Wesley and Mr. Belvedere. I have no idea who the fuck Bob Euchre is, even though you just told me. Um, <laughs> but so uh, I remember the rivalry between Wesley and Mr. Belvedere. That's like the basis of this show. Yeah, I think that's the, it's like Mr. Belvedere and Wesley and then Mr. Belvedere and George, the dad, I think are the two main relationships on the show. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Wesley doesn't want to go to summer camp, but he doesn't even know why he doesn't want to go to summer <laughs> camp yet. <laughs> I kind of felt bad for him. Like, he already doesn't want to go, and guess what's going to happen? <laughs> I know. He's afraid about getting eaten by bears. He wasn't so greedy for sodas. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... And Mr. Belvedere puts a sign on his back, <laughs> hoping it will entice bears to eat him because bears can read bears signs. Bears read, and they also read English. Yep. Did you know that? I know. If it was in Spanish, it would make more sense. Yeah, Mr. Belvedere is kind of a dick. Like, I get the idea that Wesley is sort of a, a, a proto-Bart Simpson kind oh, of Oh, yeah, yeah. But that. I don't know. As a grown adult, I feel like Mr. Belvedere should be above some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, we his background is mysterious to us, but it seems like maybe he would have grown more as a as a person. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would like to know, like, is he working for this family against his will, or what's happening? <laughs> you think they kidnapped him? Maybe like they um, loaned him money at a very high interest rate, oh. and so he's working off the debt. <laughs> I, I felt. I feel like it's one of those things. Maybe this is me bleeding some Alfred background into it, but I feel like it's one of those where, like, someone died and left him to this family. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. He came in a crate. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> or a sarcophagus or something, and, like, they opened it up, and there he was. I feel like this is the kind of thing the, the crack research team should come up with, but they're having difficulties. Well, I think this is, there were some shows, like, I miss shows where the, the theme song would summarize the premise. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was helpful. I know, it was always great. Mm. But there were shows where the pilot threw down a premise, like Perfect Strangers, 
the pilot sets up the show, but you can basically deduce it from the opening. But in this, I feel like there's some special circumstance that leads to Mr. Belvedere becoming their nanny, and it's not clear. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one confused Okay, on so that. this just in from the Crack Research team. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. <laughs> this is based on a Gwen Davenport novel called what? Belvedere. Okay. Which was apparently thrice adapted to the big screen. Like okay. movies? And the, the be idea riveting. behind it is that British butler Lynn Belvedere takes a job as a live-in nanny for a typical American family, recording their everyday experiences in his diary for future use in writing a novel. Okay. Is their family that interesting, though? <laughs> really not. So it sounds like he basically is working for a pay cut in exchange for being able to, like, mine their lives for story fodder. Okay, yeah, and so, well, we'll wait till the end, but they break format a little bit in yeah, this one. Yeah. And I, I do remember that about Mr. Belvedere. Okay, so there's an incredible theme song. Yep. Um, I can't do it justice, but just believe us or watch it, because we watch <laughs> this for free on YouTube, as can you. Womp, 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 womp. Kind of goes like that. Yeah. So then we get to the episode itself after this, the stinger. And uh, so Mr. Belvedere is singing Flight of the Valkyries and performing all the different roles with different hats on. Mm-hmm. I feel like Anybody this is one hats? of those things nope. that only happens in like 80s sitcoms. Like I feel like yeah. sitcoms today would not generate the like screen time to just this kind of a gang. <laughs> just uh, having a man wearing a, a Viking hat with long blonde Braid. braids. But the, he, he too had two different Viking hats with two different color braids, I think. That was what really blew That's my mind. True. Yeah. yeah. He had multiple color braids. I mean, are there many sitcoms now? I feel like there's... Yeah, no, sitcom. there's a ton of sitcoms nowadays. Are there? And they don't do this kind of stuff? Yeah, I feel like it's it's just a joke. Like, it doesn't advance the plot or really do any kind of, like, character work. And I feel like nowadays, I don't know, maybe some of the crappy CBS sitcoms still just do, like, (laughs) things that aren't anything but an extended gag. But I feel like most sitcoms try to check off multiple boxes at one time. Like, let's do a Hmm. gag, but let's also do it in service to the plot or something. I was watching a video of, like, The Big Bang Theory without the laugh track. (laughs) (laughs) And how awful it is. So then the dad sees Mr. Belvedere doing this embarrassing performance. And it turns out the dad's on vacation. He's got a few weeks off. And uh, he really wants Mr. Belvedere to hang out with him. And Mr. Belvedere's, like, not having it. That's basically all that happens in the scene. (laughs) He's like, come on, Mr. Belvedere, hang out with me. Well, I feel like... He's like, oh, I got two weeks off, but my wife still has to work. And I'm like, they couldn't have coordinated their time <laughs> right? off so like, they could take a vacation together. You would think, too, that Mr. Belvedere would know. It's always on sitcoms. People are always finding things out like as they're happening. There's no Yeah, up. right. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. You kind of feel like he would have known. Like He lives in the freaking house. He lives in the house. <laughs> yeah. You think you go, hey, Mr. Belvedere, like, uh, I'll be here all the time, so I don't sing with a hat on and braids. <laughs> you know, I'll see it. <laughs> That's all. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he's desperate for Mr. Belvedere's company. And uh, seriously, though, how fucking old is Bob Euchre at this point? Uh, He's too old to have, like, a 10-year-old son. That's not true. 
I mean, I realized that like his sperm would work, but I'm it's just saying, like, my dad was like 45 when he had me, so. But I, how old do you think? But I'm gonna say he's 65 years old in this. That's pretty old. Stand, stand by. He was like 55 when he had Wesley. Let's get our research team on this. Yeah, come on, kids, hop to it. They're they're using all their fingers and toes to do this math. <laughs> tell them to tell them to send us a fax when they figure it out. <laughs> That's not right at all. all right, come back to it. <laughs> so then we go to the summer camp. Where fifty three? Uh, he's fifty three. He looks like shit. He was born. He? he was born in thirty five, and this aired in eighty eight. So he would have been. So how old is he now? He'd be 82 because my dad has turned 80 and he was born in 37. And he's still the voice of the sports team you mentioned? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't think he calls like every game or anything like that. He can do it sitting down. From <laughs> <laughs> his wheelchair, it's fine. Is he like, oh, they really are. Uh, he's got a voice box. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> We're so insensitive. Apologies to all our listeners over 80. <laughs> <laughs> I know my dad. Well, he, yeah. <laughs> so then we go to the summer camp. And this is one of those things, this always, I always want to interview everyone that went through this. So there's a woman who runs the camp, and all they do is make jokes about how fat she is. You see, by weaving the different colored strands together, you can make many wonderful things, like a keychain, or a bracelet, or even a belt! <laughs> Not enough stuff to make a belt for her. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was going to say, that's some retro fat shaming yeah. stuff. Let me tell you, I was a fat kid in the 80s. Right. And uh, people, it was just open season on fat kids. Yep. I don't know if it still is anymore. I would love to Pretty interview funny. a fat kid uh, from 2017 and see how <laughs> things with fat kids are holding up. Uh, How's it camps going and schools, being a fat but, kid? But, you know, I would like to think people are nicer now. But Yeah, I know that bullying really got cracked down on. Yeah. The actress's name is Diana Bellamy. All right. And uh, how do you feel about the fact that her IMDb profile starts off with plump and personable character (laughs) actress Diana Alice Bellamy? She wasn't even fat. No, I know, right? Like she had a lot of khaki outfits, and I have some issues with that. But okay, yeah, let's take issue with the choice she made. You know, not just her circumstance. But I always wonder what it would be like to be cast on a show like hey you want to do this part we're just going to talk about how fat you are the whole every moment you're on screen like what's that like for someone or like the person that writes the casting call for like we need a fat actress to be ridiculed <laughs> like send me all of your fat actresses casting agencies when you're fat you know you're fat and i guess like if you're true. getting paid money for being fat maybe uh it's not as bad, but I never made any money when I was fat. So, <laughs> well, that's that's where you went wrong. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like a niche or whatever, but I just wonder what that does to a person, like psychologically and oh, emotionally. Yeah. You know, yeah, I know. I've 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 oft wondered that as well. I always think about. I remember there's an episode of Married with Children. I feel like I've probably talked about this before on the podcast, but where Al Bundy is like running to something, and there's a fat woman in his way, and he's like, "Out of the way, behemoth." Oh and that's God. all he says. And this is some woman got paid probably $50 for the day to be called Behemoth and shoved out of the way. And that was it. Like, it may very what did that well feel have like? been the same actress because she was on like four episodes of Married with Children playing different oh, characters. Interesting. Oh, there we go. Maybe, maybe she was Behemoth. Yeah. 
So then um, pretty much we just established summer camp. Oh, and that there's a, a counselor that is, he likes Wesley. He laughs at his jokes. And so Wesley makes kind of a complex joke about his aunt going insane and making lanyards. Yeah, that Wesley made. Yeah, something about like how he made lanyards at his aunt's uh, mental hospital that she was in. And hers oh. were like a mile long or something. I didn't even catch that far. Yeah, there's a couple of sort of complex jokes. There's another one later that we'll talk about. But so then all the kids come home and this is where I have in my notes it's now time to talk about the mom's hair. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe the part she had on top was like a piece that was clipped in because it was way too shiny to be real hair. Okay. You think it was uh, extensions? Yeah. Well, not extensions, but I think it was like a a clip that had hair attached to it that was like stuck in there with a comb. I feel like she, her hair was kind of similar to Dee Snyder's hair of Twisted Sister fame. <laughs> she had like butt rocker hair. Yeah. It wouldn't have bothered me so much if it was the same amount of shininess all the way through. That's okay. What, that's so what really bothered me. Inconsistent shininess is yeah. your issue. Yeah. I mean, see what she's going for where it's like professional during the week and then she could tease it up on the weekends, but. Well, she, uh, my impression is she just got off work. Like, this is what yeah. she looks like when yeah. she goes to work. Yeah, it should have been, yeah, more combed down. But you okay. know, volume you know, volume was a thing in the 80s. Yeah. That's how you sorted uh, your uh, dominance was the volume of your hair. How much spray do you think went into that hair? Fucking a lot. Like, I, I mean, just like a lot. Like, to make my bangs look like how yours just do naturally. Uh-huh. Like, um, just an asshole of spray went into that. And uh, for her to do her whole crown like mm-hmm. that. There's a lot of Aquanet that okay. went in there and killed the atmosphere for that. Yeah, so. this, is, this is one of the reasons we have climate change now is because of all of the hairspray that burned a hole in the ozone. Just that lady's hairspray. It was just hers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, her, that, just from this show. Just from this show. Her hair from this episode caused a Hurricane Irma. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact. Well, it's, it's a Butterf- real... Butterfly effect. <laughs> exactly. Aquanet effect. So then the kids don't like their jobs, I guess. I, yeah, I love the, the oldest boys, like, where we switched over to, like, serving breakfast at this chicken restaurant, but people got mad because there were feathers in their French toast. And I'm like, are you slaughtering the chickens? On right? Tight? Yeah. Like, also, can we, t- can we talk about the other place that started a wiener in a waffle? <laughs> like, oh, I don't yeah. I don't want any. I mean, maybe there were sausages, like, hopefully, but I don't want a hot dog in a waffle. That sounds no, horrifying. That's their competition, a wiener and a waffle. Wiener and a waffle. What's up with that? Yeah, I mean, I like chicken and waffles is good. Right. But that's not what they're talking about. Wiener and a waffle is an awful waffle. <laughs> I'm curious if this wiener restaurant or the chicken restaurant, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to confuse those things. Uh, if that's like an ongoing thing for him, if that's part of his character, or if it's like a one-time deal. Oh. I'm not curious enough to actually want to know the answer. I'm just proposing <laughs> I'm gonna, it as a question. Yes, based on my vast experience with sitcoms, especially ones from the 80s, that this is the first and only time this job is ever mentioned. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it. I'm, That's I'm my not going to, I'm not putting any effort into confirming or denying that. So then, yeah, the mom makes a joke, uh, makes a comment about making food, and everyone's like, no, which oh, yeah. suggests that she's a bad cook, which is maybe why they hired Mr. Belvedere. I'm not sure. She's an 80s, like, career lady. Yeah. And, um, you know, she can't cook either. Yeah. So. so, like, what's the point of this? mom you know just I'm going out and making money i know uh, right? for other people to buy food and cook she them. pays for mr belvedere i guess yep. so then uh the dad and belvedere come back from golf and uh so wait was mr Belvedere good at golf or bad i'm a little unclear on that bad 
He was bad at golf. Yeah. He was also wearing that really crappy hat that looked like, uh, had like that yellow pom-pom on the top that mm-hmm. kind of looked like um, one of Big Bird's balls or something. All right. Yeah. Well, would a, birds don't have balls, though. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm I not, guess Big Birds Bird... don't usually like walk around and talk either, though, so... I thought it was more of like an anthropomorphic sort of bird. This is the question of the episode, because a bird does not have external balls. We can all agree on that. Yeah. But Big Bird is sort of like a man-like bird. Right, yeah. So would he have have balls? Balls. Could you be teabagged by Big Bird? Could you? (laughs) And if so, what would it cost? The deepest thought I've had in a while. We're going to have to come back to that. I'm going to have to we'll ruminate we'll on Google that. that. I know. Well, if I Google it, I'm pretty sure there might be some things that come up. That... Will you Google Big Bird's balls while we proceed? Yeah. So, yep. Mr. Belvedere I'm liked in. wearing the golf outfit, but he wasn't very good, is my understanding. Yeah, so he's, he's wearing a comically old-fashioned golf outfit that I, I assume he must have purchased at the pro shop, since he had never golfed before, but has all of the necessary duds. Yeah, and then Wesley comes home. He's got these new binoculars that the counselor gave him. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, the counselor gave it to me. He really likes me. And you're like, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Well, then Mr. (laughs) Belvedere, this is what puts a weird spin on this. Mr. Belvedere tells him not to take advantage of adults. Yeah. And I I feel like (laughs) there was more opportunity in this episode to contrast what we know about Wesley's character with uh what happens to him than they do okay hold on (laughs) um what did you google about big bird's balls big bird practices playing catch with himself using a basket full of tennis balls (laughs) big bird states he doesn't have teeth but telly's (laughs) drawing of him does what what yeah i don't that's what came up when Um, i put in uh does big bird the first thing came out was parents and then it was like uh where's some other ones does big bird have does big bird have Parents, a name, a, a mom, mom, a real name, a real name, but nothing about his balls. Nothing about his balls. Okay, so I we, find it hard to believe I'm the first person that's ever explored this. I feel like so. I feel the like there's got to be a, a a thread on Reddit somewhere that goes into oh. a lot of discussion of this. There has to be. Okay, well, more on that soon. So what was I saying? Oh, they're talking about yeah. So the character of Wesley is never really, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So uh, they tell Wesley not to take advantage of adults by using their binoculars, basically. And then we go back to the camp, and they're singing bingo, which was kind of a weird moment. Yeah. I'm like, little, okay, little above their we age sing group. bingo to, like, my two-and-a-half-year-old child, and these That's kids what are, I was like, thinking 10 or too. 11. That's what I was thinking, too. It's like, no wonder they hate camp. <laughs> right? <laughs> also, well, their camp is just a backyard with picnic tables in it. Well, this is how the smallest, cheapest <laughs> day camp in the world. <laughs> There's supposed to be like a lake there, which was the whole appeal. Well, it's like the whole thing. It, it consists of tables and then like a, a crudely constructed awning under yeah. which molestation happens. Like that's <laughs> whoa, the whoa, entire contents of the game. <laughs> well, what else are you going to do with an awning? <laughs> oh, and so then there's another child actor that interacts with Wesley, and he really, I feel like, is there to show us how good Wesley is at his performance. Because yeah. this kid is terrible. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I also went to the camp and I... <laughs> so, um, Wesley doesn't want to go do some activity. He doesn't want to go on a hike. Oh, okay. 
That's fair. Yeah, no, this is I feel bad. I'm like, the kid just doesn't want to go on some dumb shit hike, and now he's going to get molested for it. <laughs> well, slow down. Wait. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so then he, st- he hangs back with the other counselor. What's this counselor's name? Do we have it anywhere? Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember it, though. I want to say Brad, but I don't think that's right. Well, just call him Brad. But it was, some, it was some 80s. So he's, he hangs out with Brad. And uh, he's like, oh, I wish I had a soda. And Brad's like, oh, I'll get you a soda. Yeah, he's like, got your soda right here. I got your soda it's, right it's here. It's Perry. His counselor's name is Perry. Oh, Perry. No, his name is Brad now. So okay. then. Oh, and he was wearing a backwards hat, which was, was Wesley's he? first mistake. Yeah, because you cannot trust an adult. It's wearing a backwards hat. That's mm. like a golden rule. Is that true? I don't know. But after I first thing I saw, I was like, Mm-mm. I was like, if you're over 25 and wearing a backwards hat, uh, don't trust that guy. Certainly. Um, in the don't, stand, don't stand under an awning with him. Right. <laughs> or accept right. a soda. I feel like that might be racially charged, Caroline, because uh, this was the 80s. Backwards hats were very popular among the African-American community. Well, they're popular amongst everyone. I wore a backwards hat in the 80s. Oh, well, hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just wow. saying, for of child, it's okay for children to wear them, but... Do you wear a backwards hat when you're uh, cradle robbing? No. Okay. <laughs> Some of them do, though, but they're under 25, so it's okay. Oh. Wait, who wears backwards hat these days? I don't know, but I don't like it. I wouldn't try run if you see yeah, someone with a backwards is, this hat. Is, so, is there any age... In which it's okay to wear a backwards hat. Under 25, I told you. Under 25. Yeah. So, like, if you're in high school, you can wear one. Yeah. But 25 is a cutoff. What if it's your 25th birthday? Like, at midnight, do you have to take your hat off? Yeah, or you're a child molester. It, or you have... Okay, <laughs> that's fair. Rules are rules, Ryan God. <laughs> I'm, I'm just asking. Them's the rules. I, I don't wear any hats. So, I'm just not a hat-wearing guy. So, I don't... I'm not clear on this. <laughs> I just don't want to wear a backwards hat by accident. Give someone the wrong idea. Yeah, like the backwards hat. You know how like there used to be like the earring like in the 80s? Like you didn't want to wear it on the wrong side if you're like a straight guy. The backwards yep. hat is like how you signal you're a child molester uh, now. Yeah. Okay. Because you're unclear on that. I'm, I'm clear now. You're crystal clear now. So the crack research team handed me uh, Perry's uh, IMDb page. Are you talking about Brad? <laughs> uh, yeah, Brad's, Brad's okay. IMDb page. And, Tell me uh, more. Tell me more, tell he hasn't done a whole lot of like live action stuff, but he did a ton of voice work, like even in the eighties. Huh. Oh, so like while before he was like a creepy molesting counselor, he was the voice of <laughs> Chip on the Transformers, which was one of the like oh. human sidekicks, the one that was in a wheelchair. Yep. And uh, he was on. Oh. He did a voice on Gem. A lot of voiceover work. They couldn't see that backwards hat. I know. Which I know David's girlfriend will really appreciate. And uh, he was on like multiple episodes of Murder She Wrote, apparently. So yeah, this guy, uh, this guy got around despite his uh, his role as a creepy molester in this episode. Well, is that what you mean by that he got around? <laughs> he got around Hollywood. Did he always play a child molester? That's always a trick, too. There was someone else who was kind of famous that played a child molester. And I always wonder if that, like, uh, mars your career. Yeah, yeah no, when, uh, uh, in, in different strokes, the, uh, yeah, the creepy, the, the bicycle, the titular bicycle man, yeah, uh, was played by a reputable actor. I forget what it was that he was in, but. <laughs> That's how reputable he was. You don't, we... you don't. Your first role doesn't want to be a <laughs> There you go. You don't want to start out that way. You can do it later if you're established. Yeah. 
right? If you've already played Chip, then you're like, oh, my career is secure. So. Okay, so um, Wesley hangs back with Brad, and uh, he's like, oh, I want to go swimming. And Brad's like, that's cool. So this brings us to the molestation scene. That's cool. I scene. like boys in swimsuits. He's like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. So uh, I'll set it up, and then I guess we'll discuss it. I mean, ugh, this is sensitive material, and we're yeah. going to make horrible jokes about it. Probably. But so what happens is Wesley swims, and then he's going to dry himself off, and then Brad's like, oh, I'll dry you off. And Wesley's like, all right. He's like, I don't want you to catch a cold. Yeah, and Wesley's like, yeah, I guess that's all right. Which, if he's that worried about it, why'd he let him go swimming? Yeah, that's it was that really cold outside, you know? Yeah, I mean, right. it's the summertime, too. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, he sort of just starts, like, touching his shoulders in a, in a suggestive way. The really half-assed back rub kind of way yeah not yeah. even a good back not even rub. a good back rub. no no so and then wesley's like hey i don't wesley by the way is very good at not getting molested <laughs> yeah oh yeah we were was it did he did you, did you did you think that he ever actually got molested because they were kind of cutting it off around his waist like the camera and then, like that guy's hands kind of moved down but i didn't think they had time to go down like that far well here's what's tricky about this scene because this is sort of like whenever they have um teenage sex or premarital sex that they can't really show you the extent to which... I didn't want to be shown, but... Like, you can't watch, like, two teenagers get to third base before they talk about sex, so they always, like, kiss for one minute before they talk about sex. And this Mm -hmm. is sort of like that, because... What... Okay, child molestation is wrong. There's no <laughs> Thanks question for establishing about that. that for us, Ryan. We're all on board. I love, for that. I love any conversation that has to start with that disclaimer. Right. <laughs> but so what we see happen between Wesley and the counselor, it's definitely suggestive, but it's also not a lot happens, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's, this is to, to your point. Uh, it's that question of like, were we meant to assume that things went a little bit lower than we saw? Yeah. Or was it really just like him kind of rubbing his back? And I don't want to say just rub, like Wesley was yeah. clearly uncomfortable and that's it's right. not a it, bad touch. Uh, but it's totally different than just like full on like mollusk. Right. It seems like Wesley was hip to it. And knew to cut it off. Right. I mean, I'll take a back rub from anyone. Well, I was gonna say, like, how many back rubs has he gotten from people he didn't want? You know, yeah, like, I know. He, like, knew. I wish he was, I was like getting unsolicited back rubs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I mean, maybe his first clue men. was when I'll the counselor's like, "Oh, let me give you a hand drying off," and Wesley's like. I'm 12 fucking years old. I can dry myself <laughs> yeah. off. It's 85 degrees out. I'm not going to get a cold. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, Wesley's like, oh, I'll change over there. But so that's, I mean, it's hard because, like, child molestation is one of those things where you don't want to question it at all. And uh, it's just very clearly horrible. Right. So you don't want to say, well, like, well, what did he do exactly? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have to understand, like, at the same time, it's network TV in the eighties. And so there, right. There's like multiple levels of vagueness happening, but they could have had the counselor. Like he spits on his thumb and then his son. Goes oh, Ryan. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, like for me, what really sold it as, as molesting was a lot of the stuff leading up to it. Like this guy was checking off all of the boxes on like the creepy molester to do list where mm-hmm. he's like, 
giving him the gift of the binoculars, and then he gives him a soda and tells him it'll be their little secret, and then he's yeah, like, yeah, the little secret thing. Oh, you could stay back, you know, the other counselor wouldn't want you to go swimming, but I know you're kind of a rebel, and it's cool. We're <laughs> both rebels, like, finding that common ground, and so, mm. for me, I'm like, well, this guy's just, molester. like, he's like the child molester cliche at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess what's tricky sometimes with, like, network television I mean, I don't know all the 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 things that a molester does. I'm, I'm happy with not knowing what the build-up to molestation is. All of the authorities that may be listening understand he does not know the things molesters do. I I, I wouldn't know how to do it. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. So, um, but what's tricky? Because I think it would be easy. When I was reading about this episode that led to me doing it. It's like one of the things that's interesting is that usually a main character doesn't have these things happen to them. It's like a side character. But it was like, this one's unique because Wesley is a main character and he's the one that gets molested. So it's weird that they show you the actual molestation, but also because they show it to you, it's very, um, I don't know, like a low level of molestation. <laughs> tame? It's like tame molestation? That it's sounds not appropriate, right? Yeah, it's more like he's... But I guess what we can all and should agree on is that this guy wants to molest Wesley. Yes. That is clear. He's clearly leveraging his position of power over Wesley in an inappropriate way. Yes. Okay, so then Wesley's like, I'm going to go change over there, and then we get a commercial break. Well, that's where I give, like, kudos to Wesley, and maybe this is... I mean, it could just be the way this show is written, or it could be kind of the changes in society even in just a few years since the different strokes episode but like in that episode it was more about like uh by the way gary coleman you've had inappropriate contact with this adult like those kids were kind of oblivious to what was going on whereas wesley is immediately like i don't like this this isn't appropriate i'm getting the hell out of here do you think that wesley saw the different strokes episode oh maybe he did (laughs) Yeah, so this is like a second generation warning. Yeah. It's It would be long enough after. Yeah, I guess the, the Different Strokes episode did a better job of like showing you what to watch out for. I don't know. I just think it's weird that they show the molesting and then I would think it would have worked better if it was implied, I guess that's what mm. I'm saying. Because uh, this isn't going to sound good, but... <laughs> I almost want to say, like, well, what he did isn't even that bad. <laughs> like, it didn't count, yeah. Well, but you shouldn't touch a kid like that. Right, anyway. you shouldn't. But that's, that's what I was saying. I was, like, I wasn't really sure, like, if it was implied that his hands went lower. Right. Or, or like, right. you know, yeah. That's where I'm, like, they make a bigger deal out of it. So I'm, like, maybe we're meant to assume something bigger happened. Okay. But I don't, I guess, I don't yeah. know. I honestly yeah. don't. And it seems like a bad thing to be talking about. <laughs> to be fantasizing yeah. about now. Well, you shouldn't like massage be... <laughs> kids. Right. No. In general. Yeah. So that's the lesson. Don't massage kids. So then uh, we go back to the house. This is always hard, too, when, like, a, this is, we always encounter this as very special episodes where there's, like, a B-plot that's humorous. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's too bad Wesley got molested. Anyway, back in the house, Mr. Belvedere is terrible at golf. <laughs> and to this show's credit, spoiler alert, later in the episode, they hang a lampshade on that. How Do they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that. Okay. 
Well, we'll come back to it. So, uh, yeah, the dad, Bob Uecker, is sneaking off to play golf because he didn't want Mr. Belvedere to come with him. And then he opens the door, and Mr. Belvedere is just standing there, which that shit always worries me. <laughs> when you How see long it on... was he standing there waiting for his big entrance? He was there for hours <laughs> in his golf outfit. Yeah, he says he's been up since dawn. Um, so then the dad makes an excuse to not play golf with Mr. Belvedere. He's basically ditching him because he can't just be like, hey, I don't want to play golf with you. Yeah, he's like, I have to have a... I got called into an interview with Honus Wagner, who was a uh, a dead baseball player. Oh, thank you for clarifying, because they, they comment on that later, too, and I was like, I guess. I don't know. Yes, Honus Wagner's baseball card is considered the most valuable baseball card. Oh, how come? Because he's dead? Yeah. <laughs> That's why? What? Probably rare. Is he the only dead baseball player? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> is Babe Ruth still alive? Uh, no, Babe Ruth is, is long gone. Is his card very valuable? Yeah. But not as valuable as not Honus as Wagner? Because Honus Wagner is also one of the very first baseball cards. Like, oh. I mean, he played in, like, 1900s. Um, oh. So it was bad. Like, they were tobacco cards back then. Like, you'd buy a package of tobacco and it would come with a baseball card the same way old baseball card packages used to come with crusty gum and oh. uh the honus so the honus wagner card is routinely sells for like record prices because there just aren't very many of them because it was so okay. early on in the hobby i miss that crusty gum one time at my first job ever i worked at the warehouse of a comic book store and i found some uh cards from the michael keaton batman movie mm-hmm and I opened them. So this probably was like 97. And uh, there was the gum inside and I tried to eat it. And it just wouldn't become like gum. It was Ew. just like shard. Just sliced up your gums pretty Ew. bad. Yeah, it just like shattered. Just it was like, like glass. What was sugar on it? Yep, it was like sugary glass. And what's sad, Ryan, is that that gum would have had the exact same reaction if you had tried to chew it the day it was packaged in those cards. <laughs> That's true. It's funny because... So what I don't get is that the dad begs Mr. Belvedere to play golf with him, and then he snubbed him on playing golf. Because he's so bad. He's so bad he embarrasses him. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right, that's fair. So then Wesley doesn't want to go to camp. He says he has poison ivy, which Mr. Belvedere is hip to that it's fake. Yeah, oh, and he said he has his shots. He has a poison ivy vaccine. Yep. Yeah. Which is big in the UK, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I kind of wanted Wesley to really have poison ivy just to stick it to Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Take that, Mr. Belvedere. He's like, oh, I got my poison ivy shot. And then he touches. He's like, oh, no, it really is poison ivy. There is no <laughs> shot for this. <laughs> oh, shucks. This is where I really felt bad for Wesley because it's like he he clearly has a legitimate reason to not want to go back to camp. But he's such a, like, fuck up all the time that no one believes him and will give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, and like I was saying, I thought there was going to be more of, like, a boy who cried wolf narrative around this. Yeah, and there's a little bit of one. It's kind of what we get here. But he's not saying why he doesn't want to go either. Right, right. But, yeah, I don't know. So then uh, we go back to camp, and they're making fun of the woman more for being fat, which is... It's own method of violation. Yeah. And then, uh, but then Wesley wants to hang out with her group instead of the molester group. And she's another one where she's like, 
what are you planning, you little sociopath? Go hang out with the pervo. Yeah, and then he's like, he like ruffles his hair, and he's like, I thought we were having a lot of fun together. And I was like, mm-hmm. It's like another and one then, of our secrets. I'm like, oh my god, you're gross. Right. Yeah, and then Wesley, again, is is pretty upfront. He's like surprisingly upfront. He's like, hey, I didn't like that stuff that happened. And uh, the counselor's like, oh, let's just forget it ever happened. Which, again, um... Not appropriate. So yeah, he just wants to keep it as one of their secrets, I guess, is what they're doing. And then we go back to the dad and Mr. Belvedere. And uh, this is where he points out that the baseball players that he's going to interview has been dead for 30 years. Yeah. I was going to say, the group that they pr- tried to put Wesley in was called the Cougars. And he said he is that right? Yeah. Oh. And, I was, and I was like, oh. Brad doesn't want him in the Cougars. He wants him in the Cubs. It's oh. <laughs> a bad joke. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I other, wrote in my notes. Was it the other <laughs> yeah. Beavers? Yeah, it was Beaver Falls was their camp. But there's no waterfalls anywhere. There's just a backyard with picnic tables. <laughs> <laughs> the beaver worst, backyard. Worst, worst summer camp ever. <laughs> I know. Not only is it like a tiny campus, but like you get molested. It's right. Like nothing right. good. I mean, I guess you can go on a hike. Is the lesson the of this <laughs> that you should just go on the hike or you'll get molested? Is that? Yeah, I think this is a pro hiking episode. I yeah, that, I think there is like a boy cry wolf thing. Remember how he faked the stomach ache because he was too lazy to yep. go on a hike? And again, if you fake a stomach ache, you will be molested. You'll be molested. Yeah. Do you th- yeah. And you get a soda, though. You remember that. That's the so, thing. How like, much do you like soda? So you win some, you lose some. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Really, it kind of depends on what soda is. There's another molestation conundrum coming up a little later <laughs> that we'll get to. But um, I had to really uh, ask myself some deep questions about it, but we'll get to it. So, uh,. Basically, the dad's like, I don't want to golf with you anymore, Belvedere, because you're British, and it's embarrassing me in front of my guy friends. And I like when Mr. Belvedere's like, I'm a guy. <laughs> and then uh, I don't really know if they resolve that, right? No, that was pretty much that was the end of it in that scene. He's just like, I don't want to play golf with you. So then, um, oh, yeah, they get a call that someone's peeping with the binoculars, and they assume it's Wesley, but it's the older brother. I assumed it was Brad. But then I forgot that uh, Wesley has the binoculars. Oh, yeah. You thought it was Brad, but he's like never even been in their house. I don't think you're like. I know. Oh. Well, I was just, I immediately jumped to that and I was like, oh, my God, this is really escalating quickly. <laughs> now he's at their house staring with binoculars. I was really freaked out. <laughs> so then Wesley's like, fuck camp. And Mr. Belger's like, why? And uh, I don't think we really get to the bottom of it, right? Yeah. And this is where, <laughs> this is a common problem to that. All of those uh, nanny-centric 80s sitcoms, which is that the bond between the main nanny character and the kids is so strong that it makes the parents look like inept assholes. Mm -hmm. Where it's like their hired help figures out there's a problem with their kid before either of the parents figure out that there's a problem with the kid. I mean, Mr. Belvedere is, like, a really excellent nanny, though, you know? Why not? I mean, and that's his whole shtick, like, throughout the whole series is he's, like, fixing these morons' problems for them. But it <laughs> still doesn't, the, like, That was the working the title of this show. <laughs> favorable light. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't know. We'd have to watch more episodes to really evaluate the quality of the parenting on the show. I mean, the dad is, like, a thousand years old, so <laughs> it's surprising he even knows what's going on. And then the mom's too busy applying hairspray right, to her like, 
fake hair pieces. Yeah. So it makes sense that they would be negligent and it would be up to Mr. Belvedere. So I loved this joke, though. Um, I thought this was brilliant. That Then we go to the camp and the kids are performing John Paul Sartre's nausea. <laughs> and we see the end of it. Like, and, uh, Oedipus. Oedipus in the original Greek. Yeah. To me, that was like the kind of joke that like... You went to a really good school and you became a TV writer and then you were stuck writing shitty sitcoms <laughs> and you're able to like sneak a really clever bit in occasionally. Like that's what this was to me. Uh, I just wrote down when they immediately cut from the last scene to like the kids in in theater masks and like robes and it's like super close up and they're speaking in this weird language and I'm like, Jesus, what fresh nightmare is this now? <laughs> and then it turns out to be this gag about pretentious theater, which was pretty good. I was just thinking, I was like, oh, like the gold mask looked just like the V for Vendetta. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, the play that V for Vendetta was based on was never very popular. It was based on a comic book, actually. Oh, actually. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, I just like bits like that. Like that's very funny to me that the and the thing is too. I was thinking about it maybe a little bit when they were singing Bingo, how it was sort of dreary or something. I feel like they could have set that up more. That like there's this, this weird kind of heady intellectual camp or something because that kind of <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean it. It totally comes out of nowhere. In one scene they're singing Bingo, and in the next scene they're say. performing in Greek. Yeah, and like nothing happens in between. There's no. The only thing they do besides that is go on a hike. And so, molest yeah. Wesley. Yes. Well, that's... So maybe that's part of the... Uh, I don't know. But uh, anyway, I thought that was a good bit. Like the kids performing these like ultra precocious, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, classical theater. I thought that was funny. So then the counselor meets Wesley's family and he says, we really enjoyed him, which I'm sure <laughs> we are all uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And then Belvedere's like, what's up, Wesley? What's going on? Wesley's like, nothing. And then he's talking to the bad child actor who's like, ah, ah, ah. Pretty neat slingshot, huh? Yeah. I just got to figure out the best way to sneak it into the house. So uh, where are your folks? Uh, they can come. Oh. You can get a ride home with us if you want. Mr. Belvedere will probably make a stop for ice cream. But that's okay. Mr. Perry's going to give me a ride in this convertible. Huh? He said we might even stop for hamburgers. And this kid has no parents, apparently. This other kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. That Wesley makes friends Sitting with. Same duck from molestation. Yeah, they're like, yeah. where are your parents? And he's like, they don't love me. <laughs> so they're not around. And then he's going to get a ride home with the counselor. So here's the conundrum. Look, not every family can afford to hire a British butler to parent their kids for them. And that's really the true tragedy of this episode. So they can afford to send him to summer camp? Yeah. I mean, it was a really crappy summer. I was going to say, but... it was like one square block wide. I don't think right. there was a lot of money. It was more like a vacation school. Bible school. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the conundrum. Because Wesley's like, hey, bad child actor, do you want to come with <laughs> us? Mr. Belvedere will buy us ice cream. And then the kid's like, uh, he didn't say it as well as I'm going to say it now because his performance was just abysmal. <laughs> but he's like, oh, he the molester counselor is going to drive me home in his convertible, which a molester would have for right, sure. Yeah. And he was like, we might go get burgers. Yeah. So here's the conundrum. Uh, ride home with Mr. Belvedere 
and you get ice cream <laughs> versus a ride home with burgers, but you get molested. I think it really depends <laughs> on how hungry you are. Like, did it you already, does. Did you already eat and you just want dessert or have you not had dinner yet? That's, I also think it depends on the, the quality conundrum. of the burgers involved. Well, like oh, where are the burgers from? Yeah. Like, is this yes, it's like, like McDonald's, no thank yeah, you. Yeah, is this like the 59 like, cent McDonald's yeah. hamburger? Right. Or is this like a quality burger? Mm. So let's say it's a good <laughs> burger. <laughs> well, then the question comes back to how hungry you are. Yeah. Let's say you're hungry. <laughs> do you get for real molested or do you just get what we saw this guy do to Wesley molested? Well, you get like a back rub? Yeah, like then a, it would be like the crappy. greatest day of well, your life. Well, that was kind of a bad back rub. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say that your anus <laughs> will be sore afterwards. Oh, God. That I'm going to pass on the burgers. See, you get french fries, too? Yeah, you get whatever you want at the burger place. Like, if you eat a burger and you like it, you can get another one. You can get a milkshake. Oh, God. Do I get to go to, like, get two a, places? You got to pay to play. I have a burger and I'm still hungry. <laughs> can I go get a taco? Can you get a taco you just, afterwards? You just keep eating until <laughs> the guy's like, oh, you're, you're just too fat to be molested. I don't know. I don't know. I just had to think about it a lot, and I don't have—I don't know if I have an answer. I mean, I like ice cream too. See, I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't know. Oh, see, then it's—it's it's a harder question. It for really you. is. Hmm. But if it was like a cheeseburger, that would make me fart too. Okay. But if I farted on him, maybe he wouldn't molest me. No, you or have to get molested. Like, you, okay, you have to get molested. There's no okay. loophole in this. Okay. It's like burgers and molestation, or just like ice you, cream. It's like you have to pass go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, it kind of just sounds like a, a, a date, almost. <laughs> I mean, like, do you feel like that as a woman? Like, oh, if I want this guy to buy me a burger, I'm also going to have to uh, no. expect something. No. You just would get a burger? I have, but Aww. usually I uh, usually I split. Like, I'm more likely to let the guy pay for it if I'm not going to put out. If you're not going to put out, yeah. you want to pay for it? Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, like, if he, if I'm, like, not interested in him yeah. and he offers to pay, usually I'll offer to split it. Right. And then if I'm going to, I mean, it's kind of a win-win if I'm like, oh, my God, I want to fuck him anyway. And then he also wants to pay for yeah. my meal. Are you kidding me? Then like, awesome. is it my birthday and Christmas wrapped together? <laughs> it's like, like a holiday. It yeah. is a holiday. But so, no, I don't really have a follow-up to that. <laughs> That's how dating works. So what if he's 12? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the guy's taking me on a date? Yeah. Oh, uh... That's yeah, what if the kid pays for the burger? Then what happens? Oh, God. <laughs> All right, this is insensitive. So, yeah. Wesley takes a stand, and he's like, don't go with him to the bad kid actor. And he's like, if he goes with him, he might try to do something. Put his hands on him or something. He's sort of like, it's a weird performance. He sort of mutters it, or but something, he means yeah. it. Yeah, or something. That's weird. Like, that's, is that in the script? He might try to do something. Like, put his hands on him or something. Don't go with him. You shouldn't let him go with Mr. Perry. What do you mean, Wes? Yeah, Wes, what's the problem? Because if he goes with him, he might try to do something. Put his hands on him or something. Well, what do you mean, honey? Why do you say that? that's what he did to me. 
And he says, that's what he did to me. Which uh, is, uh, I mean, it's very brave of Wesley to say that, yeah. honestly. I mean, I, I wrote down, I'm like, this kid's got a ton of courage. Not only, like, saying that out loud in front of, like, his parents and his surrogate father, Mr. Belvedere, but, like, in front of the guy that actually did the molesting. Yeah, yeah he really puts him on blast. And you know? after, He's... like, he... After it's been made clear to him throughout this whole episode that, like, all of the authority figures in his life won't buy what he's selling because he's burned that bridge so many times. Yeah. And so you're not only accusing another adult of doing something terrible, but you're doing it after you've just been reminded of how no one's going to believe you, but you're doing it anyway in front of that adult because that's how worried you are for this other kid. I'm like, this kid's got some courage. What do you think of Brad's reaction too when he calls him out on it? Um, he's like, <laughs> it's like nervous laughter. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, and then we just cut to um, the dad. So they're sitting at a table, the family and Wesley. And the dad's like, oh, now I know why they call this bug juice. <laughs> and that's when they talk about, I think uh, Bob Uger says something like, oh, this sure makes our uh, problems with golf pale in comparison, doesn't it, Mr. Belvedere? And you're like, oh, yes, I see. yes, it does, show writers. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, there's some kind of joke in there the the brad's being talked to by the police and wesley's like oh, i'm sorry and they tell him not to be sorry which is good and there's some lame joke that mr belvedere makes and like the audience like really whoops it up at it i guess because they're it's been serious for 30 seconds which is what she told us as soon as it happened you know you can always talk to dad right? i guess i figured i could handle it without anybody knowing like the time I broke the Chinese vase in Mr. Belvedere's room and replaced it with the one from Kmart. <laughs> and then uh, they tell him that he's proud of him and stuff like that. Uh, Wesley blames himself and everyone commends him and tells him he's great. And that it's okay to cry, which is a nice thing to tell a kid. So we get some good uh, post-molestation uh, reactions. <laughs> and then they're like, so are you okay now? And he's like, yeah, I think so. I'm like, wow, that scar healed quickly. Right. Well, again, so this is where it's tricky because if uh, the counselor just like touched his shoulders uh, for a yeah, minute yeah. and he was like, hey, I don't like that, then he probably would be fine right. and he probably would feel like right. you took a stand and you stood up for yourself and you saved your bad actor friend from getting molested. Mm -hmm. So it's really different depending on, but yeah, if he straight up got molested, then no, he would probably never feel okay. Right. So that, again, is where um, the um, specifics are important. Yeah, the, the specificity of the severity becomes more important. Yeah. So I don't know. But um, so then we're back at the house, and uh, the older brother's not going to the chicken shack anymore. Oh, because they have Mexican food all of a sudden. He's been oh, shitting yeah, all night. yeah. Which maybe is a hot tip about how to not get molested. <laughs> yeah. Well, also is like, what if Brad had brought some wiener and a waffle to Wesley and really it was oh, just his wiener and the waffle. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is that what they're calling it these it's days? Terrifying. 
So then, um, yeah, and then the dad's like, fuck golf. My kid almost got molested. Yeah. He's like, I've been fucking playing golf all day. And although if he'd been at work, it would have been the same. Or even if he just, you know, trusted his kid to go to a summer camp, camp and not yeah. get molested. That's right. really the only thing he did wrong was assume his child would not be molested at a summer camp. Or maybe so he'd really been more him. responsive to his child's desires about not wanting to go to some dumbass camp. Well, but, I mean, kids don't want to go to camp because they just want to, like, fuck around all day. It's not because they're going to get molested. <laughs> you don't know that, Ryan. I don't. It's true. I, I don't work at summer camp, and I don't have a kid, so. Yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, my backyard's way bigger than that backyard. I could fit way more picnic tables back there. Well, what are you saying? <laughs> I don't want to molest any kids. It's like, if uh... I needed a summer camp. Get that one up back there. Yeah. All right. I don't know. This seems like know. a family that could afford a butler could probably afford a better summer camp. Right. Well, maybe they can't because they're spending all their money on this butler. Do yeah, you think Mr. Belvedere is probably not cheap, right? His services. So what you're saying is it's Mr. Belvedere's fault he got molested. I am saying that. Okay. Yeah. I am. All Mr. Belvedere did was play golf and make jokes, you know? <laughs> I mean, he could sense that something was wrong. Yes, he was the first one to tune into to Wesley's problem. But he is kind of incidental to this narrative. So then uh, Wesley is like fucking with his sister or whatever, and they're like, oh, that means he'll be fine. He's being an asshole again. Yeah, and that's the end. So, uh, and again, this is one of those things where um, I feel like a lot of times, like, the severity of things get brushed off, not just for it being a week-to-week sitcom, but it's like, if he had really gotten molested, you would want it to be like, well, you know, he's going to keep uh, working on being okay, but it's going to be yeah. a long process. Or you like see, that. like, a counselor, they like, refer yeah. to it in other episodes. No, not a counselor. That's exactly how we got this mess <laughs> no, in the first place. No, a different kind of counselor. Okay. A better counselor. Better counselor. But, um, it's feasible that he would just be fine after what we saw, but we don't know. But again, I feel like it sort of cheapens the the weight of the message to just be like, oh, now he's fine. Yeah. So, and then, so, and then here's where they break format. Because I actually remembered this. They mention it. Because usually at the end of every episode of Mr. Belvedere, he's like writing in his journal at the end in his room. Right. right which we've now learned is because he's taking notes for his future novel. It's super important, yeah. super interesting. I know, I would not read that book. <laughs> like, um, and then today, Wesley got molested. <laughs> well, that might be Well, background, we're not sure. <laughs> but usually it's like, the eldest kid works at a chicken place. It's like, no <laughs> Those thanks. Americans and their fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we do love fried chicken. So, uh, instead, we get a um, out of character it's mr belvedere and wesley use their real names and they go usually it's when mr belvedere writes in his book but we're actually going to talk about uh what happened and it's basically just a psa about not getting molested so uh what to do if don't let people touch you in a way that makes you feel bad tell someone if it happens if you have to keep a secret that makes you feel bad it's not worth keeping to which the actor playing wesley responds with a pretty listless yeah and remember, if you have to keep a secret that makes you feel bad, it's not worth keeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like clearly reading like cue cards or yeah, something. Yeah, he's looking off into the distance. He's not looking at the camera at all. Do you think maybe he's having that reaction because he's actually been molested by Mr. Belvedere maybe. a bunch? I felt, like the, I felt like the actor who plays Wesley was more uncomfortable 
seemed more uncomfortable giving this PSA than the character of Wesley did dealing with actually being molested. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that says something about this kid's experience. I don't know. Oh. I'm really, I really, can we get the crack research team on that? I, I haven't come across anything about, I mean, I don't think we got like a Bill Cosby-esque situation here, but. Eek. Then again, Mr. Belvedere guess... is no Bill Cosby, so. Well, not that we know of. Yeah, it's just, I meant in terms of just fame and notoriety. Yeah, so how good of a job do you think this did? Oh, and of... one final note from the crack research team. This is the only episode of Mr. Belvedere to not feature him writing in his journal at the end. Dang. Interesting. That, that's what it took to get him to stop writing in his journal. <laughs> so do you? how well do you think this handled the issue at hand? Um. Well, like we said, it's kind of a mixed bag in that it's hard to know how serious we're meant to take what happened to Wesley. If it was like a big deal or just like a little deal. And it's very clear that neither deal is appropriate. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do like that it kind of takes a different angle and it's more about the importance of coming forward and sticking up for yourself. And I kind of like that Wesley is a little bit more street smart about the whole thing. And so I think it's more effective in that regard, but it has the usual pitfalls that all these very special episodes do in the way that it juxtaposes banal comedy with serious issues and can't really explore the issue due to the format of the story. Why do you think they picked golf as the uh, other... Pre- like, where they like, oh, what are we going to do as our B-story for the molestation episode? Ah, it should be golf. Yeah, like, did they just, like, pick that out of a jar or something? Or... <laughs> out of a jar. <laughs> like, they had I don't a know, jar. What premise uh, jar. <laughs> side plots. It's a premise. Yeah. I don't know. Honey, uh, do you feel like you've learned how to not molest boys from watching this? or? Uh... I've learned to give him stuff that's better than soda. <laughs> I thought he was giving him a beer at first. I yeah, too. we talked about that. Yeah, I was like, wow. He was, was, I was like, wow, that's not his first beer. He's like, geez, thanks. And starts like. So do you feel like you're a better child molester for having watched this, Caroline? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> My children uh, are molester of age. <laughs> of the age and of consent. you definitely give them beer. <laughs> they get their own beer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you you ask them for back rubs. Yeah, I do. No, but how do you think this handled the issue? Uh, it's weird because I think it, ne- it wraps it up too neatly with a bow at the end mm-hmm. where they don't have to talk about it ever again, you know. And what if they're, well, like, how many kids who were uh, being molested? And, like, usually when you're being molested, it's not, like, something that happens just once, you know. Mm. Saw that. And they were like, oh, uh, you know, because it was like they never seen someone like themselves on the screen before. And they were like, okay, anyway, like moving on, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think that they needed to, I think the portrayal of the molestation was a little bit, um, I guess it should have happened off screen or something. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like I'm, I'm torn between wanting to applaud them for not backing away from it, but then at the same time because they couldn't really make it clear what was happening. It maybe would have been better if it was just all left to the imagination. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. Or it, like the back row, then it was like a fade out or something. Maybe. Yeah, it was yeah. just a weird choice to show it and then to have it seem yeah too suggested or something. Like, I mean, I don't want to see him get molested. Right, right and that's not what I'm trying to say either. I think that's what you're saying, Austin. That's what it's we're really, really not, getting I to. Swear. I really wanted to see the molestation. What degree of molestation? <laughs> well, can we see more details? I want. I wanted more pointers. Um, well, and like sure. you said earlier, Ryan, I guess they deserve some credit for having it be like one of the main characters that this happens to, and not like mm-hmm. his friend. Like they could have totally flipped this around and had it been like the bad actor kid that gets molested first and then warns off Wesley from going with the counselor. Yeah, the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. yeah. Was like, Wesley usually more like a lovable scamp kind of character that gets away with everything scot-free? I think he's like a dick, though. Yeah. Like a shitty kid, right? Okay, I don't know. You tell me. We all are uh, equally not great at remembering Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> so, uh, Caroline, what did you learn from this episode? Uh, I learned that do not ever take a soda from a man in a backwards hat driving a convertible. Mmm... What if he owns a convertible, but he's not driving it at the time? Uh, still don't take a soda from him. Okay, so just a convertible period. Is a convertible like a sign of being a, a molester? No, I think it was the um, backwards hat convertible combo. Okay, that's yeah. what you really want to watch yeah. out for. Okay. It's a salt and pepper molestation. All right. And um, Austin, what did you learn? Uh, I learned to stay out from under awnings. Mm-hmm. Uh... That's a very valuable lesson. And that uh, Ryan good. will do a lot for a hamburger. Yeah. You knew that. How I long did have we been know. fucking right. doing I podcasts did. together? <laughs> Remember when you I came to that. town and I was like, hey, Austin, you want to buy me a hamburger? I'll do anything. Yeah, I should have flipped that around. I already knew you'd do anything for a hamburger. Tonight I learned that you would let anything be done to you for a hamburger. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. But only a good one. Yeah, it depends on the hamburger. Right. Of course. And if it comes with fries. <laughs> yeah. And a milkshake. Well, if you're going to throw in a milkshake, then <laughs> anything goes. And I learned a lot about Bob Euchre. <laughs> Just a bit outside. <laughs> and also that baseball cards used to come with tobacco. I had no idea. I did not know that either. So, all good information. Well, that's cool. Um, Austin, I find you fascinating. And I'd like to know where else I can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Austin Gorton. All right. And Caroline, I find you hilarious. <laughs> and I would like to uh, spend more time experiencing your comedic stylings. How might I do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Carmich uh, Smith. How is that spelled? C-A-R-M-I-C-H-S-M-I-T-H. Like, my, like my name's Caroline Michelle Smith, so it's Car Smith. Oh, I was wondering. I was going to yeah. answer my next question. Okay. And do you have a lot of zingers on there? Uh, I just started a Twitter, actually. Mm. Yeah. And you can be seen in the uh, Portland comedy scene performing? Yes. All right. I'll keep an eye out for you. Well, thank you. As for me, your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner. I have a Twitter. It's ohyesverynice.com or ohyesverynice at Twitter or whatever it is. At ohyesverynice. O-H-Y-E-S very nice. Uh, ohyesverynice.com is my website where I have artwork. It's also my Instagram. 
And uh, I think that's enough stuff. So yeah, <laughs> as for the show, we are a very special episode podcast. You can check out our website, a very special episode podcast.com, where you can download or stream. Can you stream from there, Austin? You sure can. Any episode ever that we've ever done. Correct. You you can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash A-V-S-E pod, where you can chat with us. We really like your feedback on there. Our Twitter is at A-V-S-E pod. You can email us, A-V-S-E podcast at gmail.com, where you can write us love letters. And you can even tell us how much you didn't like the way we talked about <laughs> child molestation, <laughs> which is probably a little overdue. You can download us at iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher, where you can leave us a five-star review. We only accept five-star reviews on there, so if you have less stars for us, then just keep it to yourself, because why would you even fucking share that? What's your problem? Uh, That about wraps things up for this week. Do we know what's coming on next week? I think it's Carol's episode. Uh, yes, that'll be our, our Halloween episode. Ooh. Oh, and I believe that you guys are watching the It miniseries. Yeah, Is that the, right? Yeah, the original, the original It movie with Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan yes. Brandis. Oh my gosh. That's what does Rest it. Rest in peace. I know, RIP. I'm sure you'll be mourning his demise. I'm not going to oh. be on there because I'm going to watch the new uh, movie when it comes out, and I don't know what happens, so I don't want to oh, see it. Oh, we haven't seen it yet. No, so, well, the, the movie that's not been made yet. Oh, gotcha. That's right. The... Yeah. Because yep. you guys are going to watch the end of it. I don't know what happens at the end. Although I do know there's some sort of spider monster. Yes, there is. There is. That wraps things up from this week. Until next week, remember to not take advantage of adults. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode.